0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get $100 in free bets. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. to claim your free bet today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. All right. Part two of the Eastern Conference win totals. Look, on the NBA pod, we love breaking teams down. We went a little long on the first part. That's we're going to break it into two parts to give you guys more to listen to as we get ready for the NBA season here. So, guys, let's get over to the next team. And this was one of the teams that was really surprising last year. We talked a lot about this team, which was the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, last season, this team got out to a red-hot start. They ended up uh, uh, in the play-in tournament, as I'm trying to say, with a record of 44-38. and 38. They had cleared their win total by a, a, a good number last year. I believe they were at 23-and-a-half or 25-and-a-half last year. I'll go back and double-check that, but this team – Last year, twenty-five and sixteen on their home floor, nineteen and twenty-two um, on the road. Last season, this team dealt with a lot of injuries, especially in the backcourt. They lost Colin Sexton early in the early in the year. Uh, they also had Ricky Rubio, who only had, ended up playing thirty-four games for this team as well. It was pretty much the Darius Garland show last year for this team. Jared Allen Jared Allen also missed some time for this team as well, and Evan Mobley the. Uh, third overall pick they had last year played 69 games, ended up with 15 points per game, 8.3 rebounds. Jared Allen also averaged 16.1 points f- per game for this team and, uh, 10.8 rebounds as well. But Terrell, I'll start with you on the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we talked a lot about on the pods when we, uh, talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers of Jamie Bickerstaff being in the running for the coach of the year. There was, this was another, uh, market that you highlighted that you got ahead of the market and then this number came down significantly for your jb Pickerstaff. he fell a little bit short but coming into the season their win total is going to be at 42 and a half they they are going to be healthy again in this backcourt but terrell let me start with you on the cleveland cavaliers right now and and what do you think about this team going into the uh,
1: next season I think the Cavs have cemented themselves as a team that can be a very, very middle road team in the Eastern Conference. Like, they can secure one of those back-end playoff spots. Maybe, you know, some things, injuries don't go right for them they're in the play-in, but I think that's about as far as it goes. This Cavs team is loaded. They look really, really good. And ultimately, Colin Sexton is probably going to be playing on this team come October, you know, the delay in him signing a new deal or this qualifying offer just kind of tells me that he's either going to get a multi a multi-year deal from the Cavs or he's going to take the offer, finish out this year and then they're going to figure it out. So <clears throat> I'm I'm all the way in on this Cavs team. I think it's going to be fun. Darius Garland, we know, is the true point guard, and that's kind of what we were waiting to see what happened with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland in this backcourt. Who is going to be the true point guard? Well, that's known. That's Darius. That's Darius Garland, and that's good because Colin Sexton is better as a two guard. He's better as a two guard, and they give them that guard depth in the backcourt. You have the. Uh, twin towers, triplet of towers that you have down low for them. I think that this is still a really good team that is still really, really well coached and they're going to find ways to put it together and bring it in a to help, Kind of, you know, spread the floor a little bit with the three point shooting and Karis Levert now coming off the bench, adding another solid guard in that second unit for them. I really, really like this Cavs team. I think that they're going to be a very good, solid team. You may be feeling like you're sweating this over at some point over the course of the season, but they're going to get it towards the end of the season. I like the Cavs to go over.
0: Yeah, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, when he is back, and again, Karis Levert on this roster as well. Guys that can, you know, put the ball inside the basket. And one thing last year that you know, it kind of stuck out for this team, for me, was that they didn't have the uh, three-point shooting. They addressed that in the uh, draft with, like you mentioned, getting Ibadi. Uh, to be on this roster as well and again this front court is going to be is probably Mm -hmm. one of the best defensive front courts in the entire league with evan mobley and jared allen and you look at the depth isaac akuro you know they picked they drafted him a couple Mm -hmm. seasons ago kevin love is still on this roster as well he can fill up the basket for you you know 15 20 minutes a night um and again ricky rubio is back with this team as well so there's a nicely constructed roster jb bickerstaff well-deserved extension for this team uh, coming into this next year. But, Scott, let's get your thoughts on the Cleveland Cavaliers at 42-and-a-half.
2: I think I'm going to lean to the over. I think it's going to be close because I do have durability concerns with some of the key pieces. We've seen Garland miss time for the last couple of years. Allen's missed time as well with the Nets, even when he was there. But, of course, we know good Allen is when healthy. And Sexton barely played last year. I think that's the main factor because we know Sexton talent-wise is very good, now, I hope Sexton can actually adjust to life without the basketball because the ball should be in Garland's hands. He's the floor general of the team, and based on the double-doubles he had last year and the assists per game, Garland should be making most of the decisions. Now, you mentioned Lavert. I hated that trade for Cleveland when they made it. I thought he was going to be awful with that team, and he was. He was terrible. But I can't say that fully surprised me. If you want a bold call, I think Lavert gets traded midseason. I don't think LeVert fits in with this team at all, and I think they might flip him. But I do like the over because they had so many guys miss so many games and had really Allen stayed healthy, they would have easily gone to like 45, 46 wins. They were on pace for, I'd say, the upper 40s before Allen got hurt, and then they kind of fell off a cliff at the end of the year. But I'm going to go with the over. This team is still extremely talented. Defensively, they're very good. The sky's the limit for Mobley. Mobley's just a fantastic prospect who could really blossom into something truly special, and him and Garland together are going to be amazing. But I like the firepower Sexton brings. They got three-point shooting from the draft. I still don't think Levert's a good fit on this team at all, but I don't think he's going to be around for the entire season. I'm going to go with the over. I think the Cavs probably sneak over, finishing with 45 or 46.
0: All right, let's keep it moving here, guys. The next team on this board, the Chicago Bulls. Will you like over
2: or under just quickly?
0: Uh, on the Cavs, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, I do like the over. Okay. I, I just feel like, again, health was a big thing. We talked about like it was last year. And, again, you mentioned Evan Mobley. He's going to be a monster. And I love that, how they have Jared uh, Allen really anchoring as room protection. He could throw Evan Mobley in that conversation as well. He's a great defensive player as well. And, again, like I mentioned, the, the addition of Abachi, uh, you know, given some three-point shooting, especially on the wings, I think that's going to be uh, great again. Uh, Just being healthy for this team, I think that's going to go a long way for them. So I do like the over 42 and a half. I'm right there with you. I think they get it like to 44 or 45. Uh, uh, 100% agree with you there, Scott. Uh, Chicago Bulls last season, uh, they are coming into the season. Their win total is set at 43 and a half. Last season, they ended up as a number six seed in the Eastern Conference, finishing the season with 46 wins, uh, 27 and 14 on their home floor. Another team that did struggle on the road, 19 and 22 did finish 10 and six in the division Um, last season. You know, they missed pretty much their backcourt was, I don't want to say non-existent because they did, you know, deal with injuries with, you know, Alex Caruso, Lonzo ball, missing a significant portion of the season last year. Lonzo only played 35 games last season for this team. Uh, Caruso played 41 games. He missed half of the season. You have DeMar DeRozan, who was absolutely fantastic for this team last year. He ended up uh, finishing with close to 28 points per game. They re-signed Zach Levine, who averaged 24.4 points per game as well. Vucevic trying to find his way back or trying to really figure out the role on, the, on, the, on, on this roster. He finished up with 17 points uh, per game. Patrick Williams was another guy that they missed last year. He only played 17 games as well. Um, but coming into the season, another team like the Cavs, which should be healthy coming into this year, but is it enough for them to be in the upper echelon or the top five um, area or top five, I guess, uh, bracket for this Eastern conference here, Scott, what are you thinking for this Chicago Bulls team?
2: So the season really turned for them when Lonzo got hurt because he was Mm -hmm. a great defensive player. Caruso got hurt then as well. And they had a really good defensive backcourt. Having said that, I'm going to take the under. I think this number is too high. I'm trying to figure out, what to make of the superstar dynamic between Levine and DeRozan. The Bulls' relationship, the fans especially, with Vucevic is really fascinating. There should be a case study because they like him half the time and they hate him the other half and there's kind of no middle ground in there with Vucevic, but he's going to do his own thing. The issue that I have is that Levine got hurt at the end of last year. And if you look at him, historically speaking, he's an injury-prone player. And now they're paying him $50 million a year. He played 67 games last year. Uh, He played 58 the year prior. He did play 60 of 63 or 67. I forgot how many games the Bulls played in that COVID year in the bubble. He played 63 games the year prior, 24 games in 2017, 2018, and 47 games in 2016, 2017. So it's pretty safe to assume Levine's going to miss about 15 games. Best-case scenario in any given season. And DeRozan was very, very good, obviously. He was an MVP candidate for about a week. And then I am still concerned that he's aging, and I feel like he really is going to have a hard time duplicating just how good he was last year. I think the Bulls have a good team. They play in a pretty tough division, but I think 43-and-a-half is a a little bit high. I expect Levine to get hurt. I'm going to take the under, and they win probably close to 41 games.
0: Your boy, Andre Drummond, doesn't move the needle for you for this team. Uh, Scott?
2: He's going to help them rebounding-wise, but he's going to come off the bench, so no. But the thing is, do you really trust the durability of the guys that got hurt last year? Because Levine got hurt, Lonzo got hurt, Caruso got hurt. There's nothing that tells me that just because they got hurt last year means it's not going to happen again. Sure. So when it comes to injuries, I tend to lean towards unders because you don't exactly know what to fully predict or you can't make a full prediction because you're not sure who's going to miss time, the Levine injury history really concerns me. I'm going with the under.
1: Uh, Terrell? I mean, he said it. This team is going as far as Lonzo Ball takes them. If Lonzo Ball is healthy and available, and he has pieces to work with, this team is going to be really, really good, and they're going to make us eat shit because they're going to fly over this win total. I don't think that while Lonzo is healthy, everybody else is going to be healthy for the majority of this team. And they still haven't solved their key issue, which is they need rim protection. They have zero rim protection. Your bigs are Vucevic and Andre Drummond. Who's giving you rim protection there? (laughs) I mean, that's really the issue for this team. That's really what plagued them, especially when we go back and we look at, oh, that terrible win-loss record against teams that were actually good. (laughs) And so if you can't beat the teams that are actually good and then the teams that are bad are on the up-and-coming, as we think of, like, the Orlando Magic, or for some, you know, some people think the Pistons are going to be better – in Washington, you know, we're iffy about if you can't beat the, you know, you can only beat up on the bad teams, but the bad teams are playing better. You can't beat the good teams. Well, right. that's just recipe for disaster. I'm, I, I really want to think the best of them. I really want to think that they have a better season, especially with Alonzo being healthy, come back inside lineup. But it's just too many question marks and a lack of rim protection. That's really going to plague them over the course of the season for me. So yeah, I'm. I think that their win total should be lower than the Cavs. I think the Cavs are going to finish higher than them. Okay. And I will go under for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, last season, uh, we talked about the
0: Cavs, 44 wins and then 46 for the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, I mean, barring health for both teams, I think that you probably have to give the the advantage to the Cavs uh, if those guys were healthy. But, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of laid it out there, Scott, as well, is that you have players on this team that are injury prone. I mean, going back – for Lonzo, when he was on the Pelicans, he missed significant time. He missed time last year. Um, is DeMar DeRozan going to be be as durable as he was last season, where he played seventy six games for this um, for the Chicago Bulls team? Zach Levine did end up playing sixty seven, but you know he's always good for missing at least ten to twelve games every single year. Um, and Terrell, I like to make point that you did make that you know the rim protection is, is a big, huge question mark for this team as well. It's Huge. When you have like, guys like you know Giannis, you know in the Eastern Conference, Jason Tatum, guys that can get to the basket at will, James Harden, Joel Embiid, and that that that's going to be a very tall task for the Chicago Bulls team uh, on the defensive end. So I am leaning with the under in this on this team as well. This Chicago Bulls last season were my best bet on the over, but I think this t- team just because like what you guys said that. The weaker teams are going to get better, and some of the teams that we are about to discuss in a a, a second here I think got better as well, and that middle team, I think Chicago Bulls are the teams that are going to regress a little bit and take a step back as well. Moving on to the next team on our list here, it's going to be the Toronto Raptors, who come into this season with a projected win total of 45.5. Last season, this team ended up – uh as a number five uh yeah number five seed where they went 48 and 34 exact same record at home and on the road at 24 and 17 10 and 6 on uh in the division games as well looking at this roster scotty barnes was absolutely phenomenal last year for this uh toronto raptors team fred van vliet gary trent jr og ananobi they pretty much returned the same roster um, I think the depth is still a question mark for me on this team here for the Toronto Raptors. But we talked about this a lot, a lot last season. Is that um, Nick Nurse is going to play these starters forty plus minutes every single night? So it almost seems like they don't really need depth on that roster until somebody gets hurt. But Charles, let me start with you on the Toronto Raptors here. Win total
1: of forty five and a half. What are you thinking about this team? All right, let's just go through this list here. Last season, 48-34. Season after that, 27-45. Okay. 53-19, 58-24, 59-23, 51-31, 56-26, 49-33, 48-34. All the way back to 2013. Only one time have they not hit this number. And this is with Dwayne Casey as head coach. So so half of those games are Dwayne Casey, the other half are Nick Nurse. I'm not in this Raptors team. I'm I, I'm not faking this Raptors team. The Raptors just always somehow figure a way to be relevant. Even last season, they started the year off terribly. We were sitting yeah. there thinking, like, they were playing for the lottery at one point, and they turned that season around, got everybody healthy, got everybody out of COVID, and they went out there and just went on an incredible stretch of games to go and take them into a playoff run. And so I think that I think this Toronto team is – pretty much in the same shape that they were in last year for the most part. And let's not let the whole KD to Toronto thing go away. Now we may not know, you know, what happened or anything like that, but that's a possibility. And if you're one of those people that think KD is on the move, then you have to think about, all right, maybe I need to be buying into his potential landing spots. So if you're one of those people that say KD's moving, you got, you have to, you have to handicap that. Like you can't just, and that's why I'm confused on how, they just don't have the Nets' win total up, but they have everybody else's because it's like, well, if he leaves, he's going somewhere. So <laughs> that's even more fuel for me saying that KD's actually not going anywhere. But, I mean, if he leaves, he's going somewhere. So somebody's win total is going to increase dramatically overnight if they announced that he's getting there. But I like this Raptors team without KD. I think the Raptors have their system. They have their – front office. They have their head coach. They have everything they need. And they sit in there and say, all right, we're going to be a pretty good to solid team. I think this is a, a close to 50-win team.
2: Scott? I think this is a 50-win team. I'm trying to look at last year and to try to sum it all up in a vacuum. And I'm going to do this just quickly here. Siakam played in 68 games. Van Vliet played in 65 games. Gary Trent Jr. played in 70. Ananobi played in 48. And then Barnes played in 74. But let's toss Barnes aside for a second. You're telling me that a team whose four leading scorers each missed at least 12 games still managed to win 48 games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's crazy. I'm taking the over. That is nuts. Their top four scores each missed 12-plus games, and they still won yeah. 48. Like, I gotta... I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I gotta take the over, because we're talking about if they can reach 50. If even two of those guys stay healthy, they probably reach 50. I like the over. I think this team's gonna be really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much in, and you know, that's exactly what I was looking at as well, Scott, is that their top scorers missed, you know, X amount of games and they were still able to not only turn their season around, but end up as a number five seed in the Eastern Conference, where it seems like this team was probably going to be in the bottom of the barrel for much of the season, but they, they really turned it up and, and they got into the playoffs. Um and, and you know they they fell a little bit short. But again, like Terrell even just said those numbers there about their win total over the past, I don't know how many years he went back there. They 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 it's about find nine, ways to win games. Yeah. yeah. So they they find wins uh, ways to win games and you know, we talk about this a lot during the seasons that the starters are out there. They play 38, 39, 40 minutes when, the, when you know, um, Nick Nurse likes to, you know, play his starters. And when you have a, a team like this with Siakam and Scotty Barnes and, and Fred Van Vliet and OGN and Obi, you know, those guys are, are this. they have a great chemistry. And I, I really do like this over. I agree with you guys at forty-five and a half. Uh, this is one of my favorite plays for the Eastern Conference here so far.
1: I would take a bet on the Raptors to finish as the one seat. I think that it's probably going to be high enough odds where it's going to entice me. And I say that, Hey, injuries, you know, we talk about what happens to other, other teams, anything can happen to other teams. And you're looking for that long shot. By the way, I hit my long shot last year in the Miami heat. So I, I, I think that there's a chance this Raptors team could finish as number one. In the I'm going to try to
2: look up what the odds are on that. I don't know, even know if it's posted, but I am kind of in. And they have Bo Cruz.
1: I mean, come on, Bo Cruz. We j- we've, yeah. seen, we've seen we seen the
2: <laughs> highlight tape on Bo-, Bo Cruz.
1: He had a whole uh, viral trend going around. Everybody's talking about it on social media. Bo Cruz is going to come to this team and be an absolute spark plug for them. This- I like it. I like it.
0: Uh, the next team on the list is going to be the Atlanta Hawks, a big splash move that they did make this offseason by uh, acquiring DeJounte Murray to be in that backcourt with uh, ice Trey, Trey young villain, Trey, uh, whatever you want to call him. But last season, this team ended up with a record of 43 and 39, 27 and 14 at home struggled on the road again, 16 and 25 on the year. Um, Again, like I mentioned, they did acquire uh, DeJounte Murray in this backcourt with Trey Young. They are going to return most of the starters, if not four of the five starters that they did have going back to last season. But I think this was a team for me that it was pretty glaring that they need another playmaker, and they went out and got that player in DeJounte Murray. But looking at this projected starting lineup for the atlanta hawks is going to be obviously trey young and Dejounte murray in the backcourt along with clint capella deandre hunter had a pretty good season last year as well jock collins was a big question mark for this team they were trying to trade him but right as of right now he is going to be on this roster come next season but uh terrell let me start with you on the uh atlanta hawks here big splash move on Dejounte murray win total of 46 and a half what are you thinking about this team
1: yeah, so let's just go ahead and put it in now. Let's get Trey Young's MVP ticket in. Let's get Trey Young's scoring title ticket in. I think Trey Young's going to have a really good season, and it's going to be on Nick McMillan to, so one, be able to work with him and get him a lot of good movement off the ball. Uh, this is the first time that he doesn't have to have the ball in his hand every single possession, and I think that's going to be good for him. It's not no more of him when he passes the ball out of just standing at the top of the key, hands on your hips, watching the play go on. No, you're moving around with the play now. You have DeJounte Murray who can create things for you and you can get some easy baskets. So I expect to see a better version of Trey Young this year, somebody that moves a lot better off the ball and is able to do a lot more scoring than just trying to make it and create for himself. However, with that being said, It just means that there's no defense on this team whatsoever (laughs) at all, period. And this is going to be a a horribly defensive team as they've been over the past couple of years. And, you know, it's really only a handful of guys that take defense serious here. It didn't get any better with DeJounte Murray coming in. I expect this team to be a barely over 500 team, but not enough to hit this win total. I think they cap out at like 43, 44 wins just because it's too many times that they just let teams score 110, 120 points on them. I'm going under for the Atlanta Hawks, even though I do like Trey Young's outlook for this year. I think Trey Young is going to be really, really good. But the only way, a scoring title is really what I feel like he's after and what he, what he can achieve. MVP is just like, hey, okay, if the Hawks are good, then then he'll be in it for MVP. But I don't think that they're going to be that. I, I don't think that they're going to be that good. I think I'm going under on the win total, and then I'm going to sit on a Trey Young MVP ticket just as a kind of hedge. Scott, Atlanta Hawks.
2: Yeah, just for some housekeeping stuff first, uh, I found I couldn't find the Raptors to be the one seed, but I found them to win the division at plus a
1: 900. Mm, okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, that I, so that I found just for some housekeeping on Toronto. Then for the Trey Young stuff, for him to be the scoring leader, I found plus 750. And MVP odds I don't see in front of me. But Let me see if I can find that. Either way, I found Trey Young to lead the league in scoring at plus seven fifty, but the Raptors won at nine to one to win the division. I think definitely has value to it. And if you want to play it safer with Trey Young, his points per game over under is set at twenty eight point three points per game.
0: Uh Trey Young MVP thirty five to one.
2: Okay. So yeah. that's just that's the housekeeping stuff. I have a really hard time evaluating this team and I actually found this to be the toughest team to evaluate for win totals in the entire conference because I really don't know how the dynamic between Trey Young and DeJounte is going to go. Now, DeJounte, I actually think, is a pretty good defensive guard. He was an all-NBA second-team defensive guy in 2018, and he actually led the league in steals last year. He is a pretty good defensive guard. Mm. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to cover up for all of Trey Young's I can't even call a defense whatever he does on the other end but I think the I think the key to this team which you touched upon with the starting lineups it's going to be Hunter I think Hunter is the key to this team right because they got rid of Herter and Hunter we know is worst case scenario the second best defender on the team arguably the best defender on the team And Hunter's battled injuries for the last couple of years, really, since he came into the NBA. If you think Hunter stays healthy, you take the over. Because I think this team's going to be very good defensively if Hunter can stay healthy. I have my doubts. Plus, DeJounte Murray was handed the keys to an awful basketball team for the last couple of years. Are we sure he's going to be able to do anything off-ball? Are we sure Trey Young's going to want to do anything off-ball? I mentioned the issue with the Knicks. A lot of their best players need the ball in their hands. I think the Hawks are the same way. I think there's going to be some growing pains offensively because I've never seen DeJounte work off ball, and I know I have not seen Trey Young work off ball. I think it's possible, but, but it might take some time to actually get going. I think I'm going to lean to the under. I'll put them at 44. I think this team will be good, but I really think it's going to take some time for the chemistry to fully gel with this team. Because John Collins also wants the ball in his hand. So there's a couple mm-hmm. of egos on the team. I'm going to go with the under, but I think it's going to be pretty close.
1: I think it's a good way to middle this. I think kind of wait. It's going to implode early on in the season. I don't think that they're going to have it figured out early in the season. I think
2: right. they're going to struggle in the first month in June. Yeah,
1: and that there's a time that if you want to get in on an over, you can do that and get in on an over at a, at a way better price and a way better number.
2: If this yeah, number dropped to ahead, 42 okay. if this number dropped to 42 and a half 41 and a half mid-season I'd probably take an over but for this number I got to take an under
0: yeah I think when you bring in a guy like Sean Timari Murray and and you hit the nail on the head there's that you got to figure out the chemistry with these two players and it's going to take time on the court obviously to figure that out you know we saw that dynamic when you know the Rockets got Chris Paul with James Harden. They started playing him off the ball when he brought in CP3, same thing with Russbrook and Harden. It took a while for them to, you know, figure out that chemistry. And then when they got it going, they got it going. So I think that's a great call that you by Terrell. Is that when you have updated win totals for the regular season, I think Atlanta Hawks are one of those teams where you probably want to wait for a a, a, a win total bring the season where this number may like just get set, Scott, if it gets down to 44 and a half or 42 and a half, and that's where you kind of want to come in and take that over if you want to take that. But um, yeah, I, f- I feel like this number is, is, is spot on for me. If I had to lean, I would also agree with Scott here, probably taking the under um, for this team, but I definitely want to keep an eye on this uh, Atlanta Hawks team when the season does start and where their updated number is going to be maybe after, you know, 10 games during the regular season when we are doing the uh, NBA pods.
2: I don't trust Hunter to stay healthy. That's really what it comes down to. And since they yeah. are to the a herder, I don't exactly like their wing depth, particularly at the forward position.
0: All right, guys, four teams left on the board here. Let's try to uh, go through it quickly. Miami Heat, 48 and a half coming into this season, fell a little bit short uh, last season. Uh, health was a concern for them, especially in the playoffs for this team. Uh, pretty much bring back the same roster with Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, they ended up as a number 1 seed last season in the eastern conference 53 and 29 29 and 12 at home 14 and 17 uh, at home um, again health was a question for this team last season we saw Kyle Larry being in and out of the lineup with health uh, with with some health uh, sorry with injuries and also some personal stuff that he was going with and he was out for personal reasons but they pretty much returned the same roster here they get Oladipo back Max Struess, you know was a surprise for this team last season but I think the pressure really falls on guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, especially Duncan Robinson, who just didn't have a great year after signing a huge contract for this team coming into uh, the season last year. But, Scott, let me start with you with the Miami Heat here. Uh, pretty much the same roster as back. What are you thinking about this team? Do you think they regress or they're going to be right back where they were last season?
2: When it comes to handicapping teams that try to be consistent, this is the exact same thing I broke down with Toronto. You go through the actual games played or the lack thereof for the leading scores on this team. Just to put into perspective, Duncan Robinson played 79 games last year. That's eight more than the second-most player, who's P.J. Tucker. Basically, everybody on the team missed time. Jimmy Butler, we know, is a bit injury-prone. That's fine. He missed 25 games last year. Hero missed 16 games last year. Adebayo missed 26 games last year. Lowry missed 19 games last year, and they still got the one seed. I'm taking the over because they missed that many games from that many key pieces. I got to go with the over. I think this team gets to 50 again.
0: I think defensively, this is a a really talented team, right? And and they think they they pride themselves on defense. When you have guys like Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo on this roster, and they, they even Oladipo, Tucker, yeah, even Oladipo, and that gives them another dynamic scorer. Um, depending on how many games that he does play, but he's you know this, Oladipo was a guy that can also provide that offensive spark for you. But Terrell, Miami Heat, you predicted them to finish as a number one seed last year. They did just that. Uh, what are your thoughts on this team coming into the season with a win total of? Uh,
1: did I even mention the win total? I think it was forty-eight. Uh, 40, yeah, 48 and a half. I think they're I think they're still in good position. Now we're getting into the point of the Eastern Conference where you're basically deciding who you think is going to be at the top and who you think is going to drip, you know, a little bit closer to the middle or the bottom of these playoffs. And I think I like I see more situations where the Miami Heat is closer to the top as a one, two, three seed rather than anything else. And it's just because, one, I know they have a tremendous coach who is going to get the best out of all these players, not just the first round picks or those guys that are high draft picks. He's getting the best out of those guys that went undrafted. And they're performing, and so we just talk about Gabe Vincent and Matt Struess, who lit it up last year and really, really good pieces last year. They're still here on this team. Yes, you lost PJ Tucker, but you still have a really, really good roster. And availability is the best ability. And so as yep. long as they can stay healthy, I think that this team is still one of the top teams in the East. Give me the Miami Heat over his win total. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I mean,
0: they're, 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 the 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 chemistry is still going to be there. You're not working any new pieces. Scott highlighted the guys that missed the amount of time, um, and again, defense wins you ball games. I think this is that's really the identity for this team. They score enough points. They have the guys that can put the ball in the basket. But I think what separates I think the Miami Heat from seeing the other teams is defensive. They're just a very very good team, and I do like the over for this team
2: as well. It's one thing if one or two players misses 15 plus games their top four players really missed that many games and they still won 53. I think this team totals, I think this win total is disrespectful to be honest.
0: Yeah, it is. And I I agree with you 100%. And I think, you know, that's why all of us are on the over here. I think this is going to be another 50 win team uh, coming into this next season. Uh, The next team on the list here, guys, the Philadelphia 76ers with a win total of 49 and a half. Um, Some Big roster moves, or not big roster moves, but they do obviously get James Harden back. He he opted out and came in with a, um, he took a lesser deal to improve the roster, quote unquote. Uh, they brought in PJ Tucker. They brought in uh, Daniel House on this team. Tyrese Maxey is obviously back with this team. He should take another step forward. Fifty-one and thirty-one was their record last season. They finished up as a number four seed. Twenty-four and seventeen at home, and they were a very good road team last year as well. Twenty-seven and fourteen. 32 and 40 in the conference last season and looking at their depth charter or the projected starter for this team, you're pretty much running back everybody else. And you just add PJ Tucker as that power forward for this team. That gives you another great defensive player. Uh, D'Anthony Milton, Matisse Thibault, George Yang, Daniel House, like I mentioned, is also back with this team as well. But uh, Terrell, let me start with you on this team with the Philadelphia 76ers that have championship aspirations with guys like James Harden and Joel Embiid on this roster. What are you thinking about this team coming into the season?
1: So for the Philadelphia Rockets, um, <laughs> I should it's have mentioned just, that. This is. As Scott talked about, one of his hardest win toes the handicap was Atlanta. Mine is the Philadelphia Rockets because what is this team like what what is this team? one are we even sure Doc Rivers is a good head coach like that well that, we are sure he's just not a good head coach, yeah yeah, so I mean, I'm still jury's still out on Doc Rivers, but it. It seems like when you look at it, okay, you got Joel Embiid, you got James Harden, yes, you got like the roster looks good, but this team just, it, it just doesn't sit right. It's always something. It's always some something that just sitting over this team, whether it's the Ben Simmons drama, whether it's and B not staying healthy, then you bring in James Harden in here. And how do we know James Harden even going to want to stay with this team over the course of the entire season? We don't even know
0: that. <laughs> we don't. Well, he knows? brought his boys in. I think he wants to say it's when he brought his guys like PJ Tucker and Daniel House onto this roster.
1: I mean, I don't know, man. I just we've seen we've seen this roster you know before, and now you add Joe B, which makes it a lot better. But I just. It's always something with Philly. It's always something with Philly. I'm going to lean over because there's not too many reasons why not. This really should be a really good team. And when they start to put all this together in jail, they, they could eke in, you know, right where they were last year, especially when you think about Joe MB trying to put together that MVP season and trying to go and grasp that MVP trophy for the first time. They're going to have to have a good record. I think that's what I would rather bet on. I'd rather bet on Joel Embiid having an MVP season than betting on this win total. But if I had a lean, I would take the over just because this is a good roster and th- this is a good team. But I just think that Doc Rivers and how Doc acts, they're going to be good, and then they're going to have a long stretches where they're just n- not winning basketball games, and stuff like that adds up, especially when you get to a win total as high as forty nine and a half. Uh,
2: I feel like most people are going to blindly take the over on this team because of the upside with Harden and Embiid and the hypotheticals. I've been consistent with injury-prone teams. I'm taking the under. I just feel like Embiid had one of his healthier seasons in his career, probably the healthiest season that he's ever had. He still missed 14 games. I feel like that's not talked about enough. He had a very good health-wise season, not to mention the production, which is obvious. But... I expect him to get hurt again. And you look at Harden's numbers, and he's an injury prone player, too. If you want to go through Harden since 2019 to 2020, he missed, he played in 68 games in 2019 2020. Then he played in 45 games the following season. Then he played in 65 games last year. So I'm assuming that each of the two best players on this team should be missing 15 plus games. And if you yeah. want to talk about where the wins are going to come from in this conference, we mentioned that Miami should be a one through three. Toronto could be a one through three. We're going to talk about Boston in a second. We're going to talk about Milwaukee in a second. If you really look at the Eastern conference, we've already mentioned a lot of teams that we personally think are going to finish somewhere between one and four. And I don't think Philly's one of those teams. I think Philly could be, but since the top of the Eastern conference is actually pretty loaded I'm going to go with the under because I don't trust the actual health of this team long term. And if there's one serious injury to either star, they're screwed. So I'm going with the under because I think that injuries are going to come back to bite this team. Yeah, I I, I I get it about the injuries. I think that I don't know, it's, have to lose because we mentioned yeah. all these teams making upward movements for the upcoming season. I'm trying to think of a team that regresses because Brooklyn didn't even do that well last year. They were uh, they were a damn playing team. So even if they struggled, it doesn't really change much. So I have questions about Philly being able to move upward into the top three seeds because we already talked about some potential top three seed teams in the East.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, question marks about this, you know, especially with Joel Embiid, right? I mean, James Harden, I think last year just came in fat. He was dealing with the hamstring injury when he was with the Brooklyn Nets and, and from what I've seen off season that he, he does look slimmer. He just looks like he's in shape. He, he says all the right things and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm going to lean with the over on this team. I think this team has the capabilities of being a, a 50 win team in this. In, and again, it's going to be a disappointing year if they don't get to being a top three seed with the talent that with the two guys that you have on this roster with Joel Embiid and James Harden. But, to your point, Scott, yeah, that they are injury prone, and that what makes you – gives you pause about taking the over on a team like the Philadelphia 76ers, but I'm going to lean with the over. Um, I think this is a big year coming in for them um, uh, You know, to at least make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and possibly if if, this, if they're good enough to make it to the NBA Finals.
2: I do want to ask um, – Moving on thing, to the though. next –
0: Sorry, yeah, just, just
2: one quick thing. I know I don't, I don't want to take that long, but do you think that the 76ers could survive – Let's just say a month with no Harden or Embiid. Embiid, I think we'd agree they're screwed. But if Harden's out for a month, do you think they can play 500 basketball?
0: I think with Maxi, yep, I think think they can. I think they can.
2: I'm just saying because that might present itself, and that might be the main month that you have to focus on for this win total. That's why I brought it up.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um all right, two two, uh, two, two sorry, two teams left here, guys. Let's get over to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Win total of 52 and a half coming into this season. Last year, they finished up as a number three seed, falling short of 52 and a half. They finished up with a record of 51 and 31 last season, 27 and 14 at home, 24 and 17 overall uh, on the road. They were a great division team going 12 and four. And, you know, we saw last year that the injury to, Chris Middleton kind of really derailed their um, championship aspirations where they did get beat by Boston uh, in a seven-game series where I think that Milwaukee did have an opportunity. But, um, you know, looking at this roster coming into this season, you know, you have another year of of obviously Giannis, the, the multiple-time MVP winner. Chris Middleton is going to be back. Drew Holiday obviously back. You have Grayson Allen at the two-guard position. It's pretty much the same roster that they have. They also got back Bobby Portis, a fan favorite there in Milwaukee. Um, this team just finds ways to win games. The number is at fifty-two and a half for this upcoming year. Scott, let me start with you with, with the Milwaukee Bucks. What are your thoughts on their uh,
2: win total coming into this year? So Terrell and I have gone on record several times, almost all the time last year. We think their bench is atrocious. Right? We've mentioned <laughs> it, and we've mentioned we've mentioned it in the past. So they really haven't done anything to fix it. But I am going to look once again at the games played. And I'm going to try to see what I can do in terms of extrapolating that for this season. Giannis missed 15 games last year. Middleton missed 16 games last year. And Drew Holiday missed 15 games last year. And with each of the top three guys missing 15 plus games, this team still won 51 games. I don't like the bench at all. They have a Baca who's a lost cause who might get minutes, might not, but they got rid of DiVincenzo, who would have been a pretty solid piece on this team. Yeah. I think I'm going with the over anyway because the big three missed that much time and they still won 50 plus games. I think they win 55.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, not much for me to add. I mean, when you you return the same roster, they have that championship pedigree. Um, I mean, Giannis, we know, just, just a freak. Uh, yeah, you mentioned – yeah, you guys have talked about it, that the bench is a question mark, but
2: – I got to assume we're, they we're, trade for somebody during the season.
0: Yeah, they will, and they're, they're not afraid to make that move, especially when it comes to the trade deadline, if they need to upgrade their roster at, that, uh, at the bench uh, to add some depth there behind those guys. But, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a team that's, again – Going to be right that right up there in the Eastern Conference. I do like the over for the Bucks uh, in this uh, Eastern Conference as well. Terrell, uh, thoughts on the Bucks here?
2: <laughs>
1: Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Milwaukee.
2: That bench is so bad when you look at it. It's so
1: terrible. It is, but what I do like for them is I like their twenty-four pick in the draft, Marjan Bochamp, and I. I think he can be potentially if they decide to utilize him, he can be one of the answers that they were looking for coming off that bench that'd be able to score the basketball and be really, really good. And but you had me at Giannis. You had me at Giannis missing fifteen games. I don't think Giannis misses fifteen games. Giannis doesn't miss games. Giannis tries to go out there and play every single damn game and they've been resting him all in the last couple of years. Yeah. Ago, so. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think Giannis misses fifteen games and that's that's enough. I think this team is We know what Milwaukee is. Milwaukee is a team that they're going to have a really, really good regular season. (laughs) They're going to have like, we're not Mm going to question that. They're going to have a good regular season. And so that's why this number is inflated as much as it is to 52 and a half. But I think Milwaukee is one of the the teams that, like Scott said, can get to 55 wins. Give me Milwaukee over the win total.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, I agree with you guys with everything that we just said there. Uh, Milwaukee, I think they'll just, again, be back in contention again uh, in the Eastern Conference. Getting over to the last team, the defending Eastern Conference champions, the Boston Celtics. Uh, mm-hmm. Last season, this team ended up with, I believe it was 51 wins. Um yeah 51 and 31 they were they finished as a number two seed obviously get to the eastern conference finals um this season their win total is projected to be at 54 and a half. they've been in the rumors for kevin durant over the past several weeks um who hasn't Past month, we can say um but uh this roster pretty much returns the same guys. They did add Malcolm Brogdon. I like the depth that they did add with Brogdon. He's another playmaker, a guy that can score baskets as well. You and know, Gallinari. And Gallinari. I was going to mention that. No defense with Gallinari, but when you when you can add a spot-up shooter, a three-point guy uh, in Gallinari, I think that's going to you know only make your roster even better. But, uh, Terrell, let's start with the Boston Celtics. I know you were not very high on them last year, but what are your thoughts on them coming into this year with a win total of 54.5?
1: yeah they just got screwed because they they got screwed because their win total is so high and it's hilarious now one everybody knows i'm not about to bet a boston over come on get the fuck out of here Like, let's be serious now (laughs) but boston's gonna be good because boston has answered the questions that i had for them we can't just sit here and bag on Milwaukee not having a bench and then go and not talk about it with Boston. Boston's bench was really really bad for the majority of the season. That's why they were really bad for half of the year last year. And they can't have a half of the season that they had last year and think that they're going to get over 55 wins. 55 wins is a lot. Like that's a lot of wins in the, in the NBA. That's not an easy feat. And so I don't know if it's the Kevin Durant rumors that he could be going or what what is driving this win total all the way up to 54 and a half but I don't think that they're one of those top teams where they can be a I'm sure that they can get to a 50 win team. I do think that Boston has the potential to be a 50 win team for sure. 55 is where I draw the line. I'm going under. Scott
2: I agree. I think that the Celtics are still going to be a good team, but It's not like the Warriors or the Cavaliers with LeBron where you know they're going to win 50-something games. This was a team that, as far as I'm concerned, peaked and had a ridiculous all-time year in terms of efficiency in the second half. And I'm not sure how sustainable that is. It seems Mm -hmm. like all the stars properly aligned. I still have some chemistry concerns between uh, Tatum, Brown, and Marcus Smart. I think that could be an issue over the course of the season. But for me... I think that this team was so close to the mountaintop, I expect them to naturally regress. I think that this team, of course, had some good off-season moves. They picked up Brogdon. The issue is he's never healthy, so I'm not sure how much of an impact he's actually going to have. And I do think if we talk about all these teams in the East that are going to win a bunch of games, we need one or two teams to regress. I think Philly's going to be one of them, and I think Boston's going to be the other. Because I think Boston cares more about doing well in the playoffs. And from what we saw in the playoffs, home court advantage really didn't mean anything for that team. They were really good on the road. So I think the Celtics might actually be resting players late in the year to keep them healthy, which could Mm -hmm. potentially kill an over. I think they could get to 50, but I'm going to go with the under. I think this number is too high.
0: Yeah, this number is way too high. I mean, 54 and a half. I understand that they won the Eastern Conference last year, but... 48.5, 48.5, um, we can talk about
2: it. 54.5, yeah. I think, is not a discussion.
0: And even the number one team last year, the Miami Heat, won 53 games. So, I mean, do we really see an improvement of what, three and a half more wins for this team? I mean, the Kevin it's Durant. It's because of
2: the pace in the second half. That, that's why. Yeah. I mean, that's- yeah.
0: And they were good, and like you mentioned, they were good at home last year, twenty-eight and thirteen, and in the, in the conference,
2: they were thirty-three and nineteen. But I mean, just not in the playoffs. They were awful at home in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and again, I, I just don't think that. I don't think the number one seed this season. Again, I think it's going to be four teams that are going to have fifty plus wins, and I don't I think number one seed is going to be like it was last season, where they have fifty. Three fifty-four wins as a number one seat, just because the the Eastern conference is going to be so competitive, especially with those top five, top six teams uh, as well. So um, yeah, I agree with you guys about the under on this Boston Celtics team as well. Uh, Before we do give out one early best bet on the Eastern conference win totals. I know we'll, we'll dive into it more when we do team previews and division previews, but before we get over to the, um, I'm sorry. The best bet segment. Let me tell you guys about the newest sponsor on the sports gambling podcast network. That's going to be Drink Coffee. Look, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I have a lot of family members and and you know friends that are. And, and Drink Coffee, they do it a different way. Uh, over at Drink Coffee, they they work with independent roasters around the country to really find what your taste and what your taste buds uh, like in, in terms of coffee tasting. And if you go over to their website at drinkcoffee.com, they're going to uh, help you and they're going to specialize and find and someone to work with you to find that exact taste that you are looking for. Like I mentioned, they do connect customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with a country's best craft roasters they also are going to work with you like i mentioned and they have 60 different um roasted beans that they can send you from those small businesses who pay farmers fair prices sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world and like i said whether your friends are coffee snobs or you're a coffee snob yourself trades real coffee experts personally taste over 450 roast to help you and recommend you the best-tasting coffee. So what you have to do, all you got to do is right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping. But that's only going to happen if you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP and let Trade find the coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP. For uh, $30 off and free shipping. And last but not least, we're also brought to you by Dave. What is Dave? Dave is that one extra hand that you need to help kind of put you over the top if you're, you know, you need that little extra cash. And we all do sometimes. So there's to pay some medical bills, catch up on bills, you need to buy a wedding present, your car is making those funny noises and you need to get a car repair. That's where Dave comes in. Dave is a banking app that helps you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, to buy – again, gas is expensive. We saw that over the summer. Buy that wedding gift, catch up on bills, and tackle those expenses that you've kind of been stressing out about. So all you got to do with Dave is download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal instant transfer fees apply banking provided by evolve member fdic their future you will thank you all right gentlemen let's wrap this up strong let's identify one best bet that we want to give out early here for a win total in the eastern conference terrell i'll let you leave this one off my man uh what is your best bet uh for an early season win total in the eastern conference
1: I mean, come on, guys. Come on. Like, you, you're going to give me the Boston Celtics with the highest win total on the board, and you're going to ask me what's my best bet. Of course, I would tell you the Boston Celtics under 52 and a half, 54, oh, excuse me, 54 and a half. Yeah, 54 and a half win total. I'm sorry, it's too much. Now, do I think that there's regression in how terribly bad that they were in that beginning of the season? Yes. But do I think there's regression in how good they were in the, the season? Yes. Does that equate to over 55 wins? I don't think so. This Eastern Conference is way too loaded. I like too many teams at the top of the conference, and we didn't even talk about the Brooklyn Nets that with or without Kevin Durant, probably with, I still think is going to be a formidable opponent in the Eastern Conference for at least some point in time in the season. And so I, I just don't see... The only team that i think could even have a chance of getting 55 wins in this conference is the bucks Yeah. yeah the bucks with the outside chance of toronto yeah but the outside of that and toronto i really don't even like that much to get that high i think if toronto wins it's because everybody in the eastern conference was down but it's really just Milwaukee. So, yeah, I'm I'm not – I'm fading this. It's the highest win total on the board, and I'll take my chances. I got 55 games. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's a big leeway for me. Scott, best bet?
2: I'm really torn on this one because I really wanted to pick Toronto as my best bet, but I have to at least acknowledge how difficult that division is. That's a lot of division games. Uh, yeah. Toronto is tempting. Milwaukee's tempting. Miami's tempting. Even Orlando's tempting, to be honest. But – I think I'm going to go with my instincts here. I'm going to go with Toronto. I just really love the chemistry and cohesion that the franchise has really built with the core. And I like how the entire core is back. They missed a bunch of games last year. They still won a bunch of games with, despite missing a lot of key players. And I think Scotty Barnes is really, really good. And I expect him to continue to grow. I don't know if his ceiling is Evan Mobley ish or close to it, but Barnes is a really damn good player. And I think it, as he continues to develop his skills and as the rest of the core continues to potentially play more games, because I mentioned before the top four scores missed double digit games, I think this team probably could win 50. But for a win total of 45 and a half and based on Nick nurse's history and even Dwayne Casey's history with how good this team has been in the win loss column, I'm going to go with the over with Toronto. I think they get worst case scenario in my eyes to 47. That's above this win total. So I'm going to go with the over.
0: Yeah. Toronto. I also did like, uh, I was going to give that as a best bet as well. I'll co-sign that with you, but um, I'll, you know what? You mentioned that last team there. That's at the bottom of the barrel, Orlando magic, 26 and a half. Um, we talked about how you know the three levels of this team, three and D guys, the back court and the front court. I think all three of those at least you know uh, check mark those boxes for me. And and I understand that they're a young group and they're just going to still figure some things out. But I, I think that this this roster has so much talent, and they have a great head coach to kind of put them in that position to win ball games. Um, Again, I know the is at twenty six and, and they're projected to finish as the second worst team in the Eastern Conference. But I think that this is there's a way for this team gets to 28, 29, possibly 30 wins with the roster that they do have. Obviously, with any team, health is a concern. When we talk about Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Wendell Carter Jr. in the front court, you added the number one overall pick that we I think we all agree is the most pro ready guy. We saw we saw flashes of that in the summer league with Pablo Pancaro. I, I think this team is primed to win some games you know they also had again didn't even mention franz wagner as well so they have a lot of great talent on this team great pieces even Markel foots off the bench last season looked pretty good for this team so that's another piece that they're going to have off the bench for this team we talked about gary Harrison, terrence ross off the bench as well so I, I do like the upside of this orlando magic team give me the over 26 and a half for the orlando magic as my best bet uh, for this Eastern Conference uh, win total early uh, early predictions, gentlemen.
2: And you just said it, by the way. You just said Orlando has the second lowest win total. I think we would all agree Orlando is not the second worst team in the conference. Yep. Yeah, I agree so, 100%. That's how yeah. I look at it.
0: All right, guys, that's going to do it for this early looks at the Eastern Conference win total. We broke it up into two parts for you. We nearly went about two hours here talking about the NBA. and uh, You know, we love talking about the NBA. You guys know what we do during the regular season, but it's right around the corner. I know football is on the horizon here, but we're going to be gearing up for NBA. So we'll have more NBA pods coming out. Um, so we broke this up into two parts for you guys. But uh, Scott, anything else before we get out of here, my man?
2: Not really. Uh, If you complain about an hour and 55 or two hours of basketball content. That's norm for y'all. I was going to say we haven't uh, had a show in about a month and a half. So we're just just making up for lost content and uh, (laughs) we're looking forward to producing more of it. I know we're going to do the Western Conference, which might take seven hours. We'll see what happens, but still happy to talk some NBA. Of course, still doing WNBA stuff with Terrell. We got the playoffs. We're doing a fantasy podcast at some point later in the week as well. Should be fun. I got tennis going on. We got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of – it's a great time to be a sports fan. A lot of stuff going on, but I'm happy to be a part of it all, and you can find me on Twitter at Ryshell Radio.
0: Terrell, anything else, my man?
1: Uh, fuck Boston.
0: <laughs> That's it from Terrell. Follow Terrell on Twitter at ReallyReal underscore underscore. Uh, If you're not already following the NBA Gambling Podcast account, I think this is a great time to do so. Make sure you follow it at SGPNNBA. Like uh, Scott said, a lot more content is going to be coming very, very soon as we itch ever so closer to the NBA season. And NFL.
2: Uh, I forgot to mention the NFL.
0: NFL Gambling Podcast as well, the newly launched. So if you're not tired of our voices, you can hear myself. You can hear Terrell, Scott. We're all over the uh, uh, SGPN Network with the newly launched uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, show with the NFL Gambling Podcast. Thank you guys so much. Like I said, we'll be back next week with the uh, Western Conference uh, win totals. We'll take a look at those. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.